Hello, this is Gary Hutchins with the Sunny Slope Church of Christ in Omaha, Nebraska. This is today's Bible class, a short Bible study every single day, about 13 minutes or so. But even that short period of time, keeping us in God's Word helps us to stay strong and even grow stronger in our faith, because faith comes by hearing the Word of God, Romans 10 and verse 17. We encourage you to share these short studies with everybody you can, because undoubtedly, you know people in your life who need to grow in their faith. They need to come closer to God. They need to start thinking about their soul's salvation or the lack thereof. So share through Facebook friends, text messages, and other technological means with your family members, friends, work associates, neighbors, with literally everybody you can. You may help turn a life around. You may help somebody come to salvation through Jesus Christ. You may help somebody get to heaven. What a great blessing for them and for you. So start sharing today. We're talking about another problem of the heart in this long series of heart troubles. And again, we're talking about, from a spiritual perspective, heart troubles. We're not talking about the physiological heart where somebody might have cardiomyopathy or myelitis or need stents or, you know, an ongoing list of, of physical heart problems. That's not what we're talking about. We're talking about heart troubles from a spiritual perspective. Now, probably some of these sections that we have looked at classifying quite a number of disorders or problems as being heart troubles probably have raised some eyebrows among some of our listeners and today's Bible class people who are studying along with us. We've talked about hatred. Well, certainly somebody can say, I understand that's, that is a heart trouble right there. That's a problem of the heart from a spiritual perspective. And we talk about anger and say somebody said, yeah, yeah, I can understand that. Unforgiveness. The, uh, yeah, I, I, yeah I, I can see where that can be a, a heart problem. But we've talked also about ungodly pride. That might raise some eyebrows because that might cause some to start to do some self-examination and say, yeah, could I, could that be a problem of my heart? Because maybe I am exhibiting some pride that's keeping me from doing some things or making some amends that I really need to make. And what about harsh judgments and fault-finding? Heart trouble also. Uh, Worry? Probably some people have not thought about that as being a problem of the heart from a spiritual perspective. Laziness? Yeah, that one too. That one too. And gossip? Yeah, well, yeah, that, that is the product of an ungodly heart or a heart that is struggling with real sinful thoughts and actions. All of those are heart troubles from a spiritual perspective. Well, this one that we're looking at right now in this section of our study is fear. Fear keeps a whole lot of people from doing things that they should be doing because they're afraid. Now, what are they afraid of? Some people might say, well, are they afraid of doing it? Well, they're afraid of doing it, but what's what's the real fear behind being afraid of doing it? They're afraid of rejection. They're afraid of failure. They're afraid that they can't walk the walk, so to speak. Now, why do some people never apply for a particular job that they really need and really want, and they really are talent-wise equipped to do? 
they're afraid of being turned down. They're afraid of, if I do get that job, what if I mess up? Well, let me tell you something. You're going to mess up. But that's not going to be all the time. And it's not going to stop you from being able to do that job effectively on an ongoing basis overall and for the most part. But you will make mistakes here and there. Everybody does. Don't let fear cripple you from pursuing what God has blessed you with the abilities to be able to do. Some people never develop certain relationships because they're afraid of being rejected or they're afraid of not being able to fulfill those relationships if they do enter into them. We talked about Matthew chapter 25, verses 24 through 30 the last time where there were three servants of a particular master. He was going on a journey. He left in, into their trust, each one, a certain number of talents or a certain amount of money. And each one he simply gave according to their abilities, based on his assessment of their abilities. So to one he left five talents, to another two, and to another one. And so the first two servants, they took what the master had entrusted him with, and they, they worked with it, and they produced a profit for their master when he returned. The fellow who had received only one talent, he was afraid, the text says, fear. And that fear paralyzed him, crippled him from being able to move forward in the way that his two fellow servants had done. And so instead of using what the master had entrusted him with, he hid it in the ground, dug a hole and buried it. Now, he didn't lose it, but he didn't use it productively. And so the master pronounced him as what? In verse in, in Matthew chapter twenty five in verse and and verse uh, verse twenty six, the master pronounced him, "You wicked and lazy servant. You did not do what you were supposed to do." And the last verse, verse thirty in the text, is telling because it says, "Cast the unprofitable servant into the outer darkness. There will be weeping and gnashing of teeth." Now, this is a parable told by our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ doing his ministry upon this earth. Did it really happen, or is it what a parable seems to be in a whole lot of cases, a story that is simply made up that relates to a potential real-life situation that we can relate to and we can learn from as an illustration, as a lesson? We don't know the answer to that, which one it was. Did it really happen? Was there really this master? Were they really the, there really these three servants? Or was this an illustrative story that Jesus made up by way of teaching a lesson? Well, who's the master? God or Christ? Who are the servants? You and me who say we're followers of Jesus, believers in and followers of God. Where's that outer darkness that the unprofitable servant, the one who failed to be the fulfilling servant that he should have been to his master? The outer darkness, eternal condemnation in hell. Enter into the joys of, the, of, of your Lord, as the master pronounced to the two faithful servants, heaven itself. 
eternal life with God and Christ and the Holy Spirit in heaven. Well, fear is one of the devil's most effective tools in keeping us ineffective as followers of God. Have you ever analyzed why you fear what you fear? (laughs) That's an interesting question, an interesting proposition, isn't it? Why do you fear what you fear? Have you ever considered how being a faithful Christian can insulate you and protect you from most fears? Because God is with us if we're walking with him faithfully and obediently. We don't need to fear, do we? Well, not to the extent that it it stymies us, that it paralyzes us, that it keeps us from being the faithful followers of him that he wants us to be. Interesting. Well, how, how about this? Could you write down something, some fear that is in your heart that is causing you problems, not allowing you to do some of the things that you really want to do, but you're afraid to do because you're afraid of failure or you're afraid of rejection? or being afraid of messing up, and so that fear is so great that you won't even try what it is that you really need to do and want to do? The devil is effective to keep a whole lot of people from becoming Christians because they're afraid they can't live the faithful Christian life. But how do you know if you haven't tried? And God in 1 Corinthians chapter 10 and verse 13 says, look, temptation, whatever the devil throws at you, he's thrown it at all kinds of people before you. It's not uncommon. And the middle of that verse says, but God is faithful and will not allow you to be tempted beyond what you're able, but with the temptation will make a way of escape that you may be able to bear it. Again, 1 Corinthians 10 and verse 13. So God has said, I'll be with you every step of the way as long as you're walking with me faithfully every step of the way. And in James chapter 4 and verse 7, James wrote, submit to God, first step. Resist the devil. As you're submitting to God, you're resisting the devil. And then what does James say will happen? And he, that is the devil, will flee from you. Draw near to God, he'll draw near to you. What better friend... What better protector could you hope for to have by your side and watching over you all of the time than God himself? Have you thought about that? You don't have to live a life of fearfulness. Of fearfulness. What is out there that you're afraid to try, even though you want to and even though it would be good for you, because you're afraid of something, maybe rejection, maybe messing up, maybe disappointing somebody, and so you don't try it. And again, the most important step that you need to take is to, is to surrender to your Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, 
in baptism for the remission of your sins so that you can be reborn spiritually and you can walk with God in faithful obedience. Are you afraid because you think you can't live the life? We've already seen God has said, you can, I'll help you. Don't let the devil plant that fear in your mind, in your heart, and keep you from doing what you need to do. We'll study further next time. Let's pray. Our Father in heaven, thank you for promising to be there with us and for us as long as we are walking with you faithfully. Help us to overcome the fear that the devil might put in our hearts or at least try to put in our hearts. Help us to not give him place to do that, we pray. Help us to overcome our fears, Father. Please, Father, please forgive us and hear our prayer in Jesus' name. Amen.